Hello, everyone. There's another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show, and I'm Alon. And my name's Ara. So we're doing something different this time. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm going to be leaving town, and uh, so we're recording separately today for the first time ever, and hopefully it'll sound all right. But, uh, but I'm curious if there's opinions, if our sound takes a total dive, let us know. Um, but hopefully it'll be good and we can sync it all up nice and fancy-like. So I'm actually really impressed with how complex a method we've devised here. We're actually in different rooms of my house right now, and we can't hear each other, but we're Skyping from different rooms to different rooms. Through different networks. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's yes, it's the new Rube Goldberg device for the new century. Yeah, well, it's meant to simulate. We'll go the step further, and I'll record from my own house next week. And then I can record from my house in another state next month. It'll be good. It's it's staged so that we never uh, we don't really lose it all, and we can always recover if necessary. Um, and hopefully, no one knows the wiser. Yeah, I hope so. But I think there will be latency sometimes in our conversation, kind of as if we're just a better audio quality version of all those other crappy Skype podcasts that you might listen to. Okay, uh, games though. That's that's what, of course, I want to talk about. And I, I've tried a few new games this week. Or did you actually get to play anything new? I know you've been a busy, busy guy lately. Yeah, you know how that goes. You're either too busy or you've got too much time on your hands. So when you I feel like that. I have too much time on my hands, I just feel too guilty to play a video game, which has actually been happening to me lately. It's like I can't play a game because I should be doing something else, but I don't want to do something else, so I'm not going to, which means I end up just not doing anything, I, which is I even less productive. Feelings, actually. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I did do this week, because I did get a chance to play a couple of things, uh, I guess, in my downtime between being guilty and productive. Um, I tried out Project Spark because the beta for Xbox One finally opened up. Do this, you remember at all what Spark, Project Spark is supposed to be? Yeah, this is the thing that has some kind of massively user-generated content type stuff that you can... You can make levels and you can make any game and, you know, of course, they've overhyped this over the top like crazy because it's Microsoft. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly the claim that you can do a lot of things with it. And I think the um, sort of what makes it more special than other stuff is that you can you can design stuff using a computer, not just the console, which means you can it's easier to go a little bit more in depth. And they've developed this brain system where objects have, you know, you can script objects and things so that you can get pretty complex and actually design, like, how characters are going to act in your world and stuff like that. But you can also do stuff that is totally unlike, you know, the fantasy characters that the game sort of thrusts on you when you first turn it on. Um, So, like, some guy made a Tetris clone, and the people who actually made the game are also making games in the game. And one of their games or in-game games that I tried playing. Um, it was actually interesting to me. It was a cool puzzle game. It didn't look anything at all like the fantasy graphics. It was very, like, neon, space age. Like, you you know, the background was just, like, a black with some starry night sort of thing. Everything else was neon cubes. It didn't look like... And it didn't sound like it either. There was cool, like, techno music and whatever. I don't know how they made that or put it in the game. Maybe you... When you're using the Windows thing, you can put your own sound in. Or but, um, maybe if you're the actual developer, you can do a couple things that users don't have access to. I like to think that they didn't cheat and they only used the same stuff that everybody else could. But I I'm just assuming so. that. I don't really know. Um, but it was cool. It was cool to see that, although it was buggy. And there's never like a write-off saying this is complete or you know bug-free or whatever. Um, but it was genuinely fun to play. The problem is... and you know, this is just like Little Big Planet too, not number two, but as well. Um, you know, the stuff that you create is still sort of limited to the context of the the game creation tools that have been given to you. But beyond that, I mean, it, I guess the impact of that is that things they react in a certain way. And my point is that they react imperfectly. Even the game itself, uh, because the game comes with you know, sort of this kind of adventure game it's really hard to describe because it says okay you're going to create a game but you're going to create a game that we've sort of narrated for you so like it starts off and you get to pick which character you want but then 
okay, you're going to go through some sort of mission. And the mission is that something was stolen. Was it an apple that was stolen? Was it a, you know, I don't know, a piece of a tree that was stolen? Or, or So you just sort of decide out of this these few um, options for you what your mission's going to be. Whatever it was, so it's definitely a noun that was stolen. Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't your pride. Um, but but it's 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 meant to give you sort of a world to play with so you can start figuring out how things work in this in this game creation thing and that's fine but you know the graphics are the way that they present you know whether you're using the desert graphic tile set or the arctic tile set or the forest tile set it's still within their their constraints but beyond that what i mean is like you know when you hit x to swing your sword or to shoot your arrow there's a certain delay just because the game is it's not well put together or it's trying to do oh, too no. much don't i don't start know with right this. like it's yeah it's just not clean so anything you're doing is is very imperfect and so the the that neon game that i was talking about that the developers of project spark created in project spark that was pretty well made and it reacted really quickly and it looked really clean but even like the highest rated stuff from the community which has been you know, they've been building this through the Windows 8 beta for a while now. Um, even though the Xbox One beta only opened up this way, they were anyone playing in the Xbox One already had lots of material to look at from other other people. Okay, so um, at least they're saying it's beta, at least. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely beta. Um, what's, gonna, what's interesting is it's going to be a free-to-play game, and that's a whole other thing I wanted to talk about is the free-to-play nature of it is going to make me not want to do it because it's like, here, you get this this graphic set, but if you want to... Uh, have this graphic set then you have to pay a certain number of tokens which of course you buy with real money but then if you want to play someone else's world that they created if they had that extra tile set that that they paid for well then either you have to pay for it yourself or you get 30 minutes of playtime in this world using the the graphic set that you don't have and you can buy more time in order to use other people's games that they've created even though you don't own all the assets that they have have purchased. Does that make sense? Wow. That No. Well, it does, but at the same time, I cannot help but reflect that it sounds very complicated and almost as complicated as the setup that we're using right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is weird. And a part of me thinks they did kind of a good job of setting it up, but the other part is that it's just it's microtransaction after microtransaction, and, and I... It's it's my personal taste that you should just be able to buy the game. And maybe there's going to be like an expansion where you can buy this expansion and have all of this material or not. But I hate getting nickel and dimed, having to buy like every little bit. But that's aside. The, the, my main issue is that no matter what you do with it, whatever you make is just not going to be up to snuff, right? If you think about the stuff made in Little Big Planet, and I'm this, guessing you haven't seen all that are much. Are you saying of this is because of the latency factor here? Yeah, that the game just isn't isn't designed well and i don't know if it's because of the the original development just not being good enough because there, there's just if you see this game and you should come over and see it it stutters all the time um and it's it's early right so maybe it'll get better but i'm imagining using someone else's tool to make your game within the confines of the of you know the materials that you've been given no matter what you're going to be sacrificing something and so even the best of the best for instance someone made a pinball game and I even read an interview where the developers are like, you know, we didn't do anything to to sort of imply that pinball is an option for this. They just designed it, you know, using gravity and the physics of a rolling ball, stuff like that. And and for all intents and purposes, like the, using what he was given, the person who made this did a fantastic job. But from my point of view, the consumer of that game that was created, that pinball level, it was junk and I would never want to play it. Uh, and maybe he could do something that is more interesting. And, and like I said, he did a fantastic job with it, but it's still not something I enjoy as an actual game, right? And so I feel like these games that allow you to make games are very much for the developer and not for the consumer. Um, I, I have a hard time envisioning truly enjoying one of the things that people created using these tools because they're a bit too limited. Well, is this... All because of – well, let me ask you this way. If it wasn't for the latency problem, would you still have the same opinion? Uh, it would be vastly 
changed if it weren't for the latency. Because that um, because latency kills everything, and if you can't have if you can't have a consistently responsive interface, then everything gets thrown out, doesn't it? Cause yes. Because then, then you're in Atari Jaguar land with you know two seconds per frame and stuff like that. I don't remember the Jaguar being bad at all. Oh, That's... you could find you could find at least one game where what I just said was not an exaggeration. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too harsh. These are very obviously early things since it's within the beta, and I'd like to think it'll get better. Um, well, that's but the just, risk I, that they make with betas too, right? It's like, what's the threshold? When are you going to decide that it's good enough? Because even if you say it's beta, if it's not of a good, if it's not playable enough, if it's not reliable enough, then you may be shooting yourself in the foot, even even with that caveat. Yeah, and it. I mean, I try, I try to think back to Little Big Planet as an example as well, which I, you know, that I didn't play that in beta. It was a final product, and it it played pretty well, but it had its own set of control problems. And I just wonder if that's this weird um, reality of trying to build something that is so big or potentially big that the game itself runs poorly because it's got so much else going on. Yeah, that sounds like a, a horrible and completely unacceptable compromise to make. Did you feel that way at all about Little Big Planet? Uh, yeah, I feel that Little Big Planet is really clunky. I still really enjoyed the first one. The, the second one I didn't get into so much just because it was too much of the same thing over again. But um, it, it felt clunky playing the game that was created by the developers and the stuff created by other people. Admittedly, I didn't. I don't have a huge amount of experience in that. Just a few hours of trying different levels. It um, it still just none of it ever feels right. It doesn't feel like its own game that is is of high quality so anyway we're going to break we'll be right back chatterboxers how much do you love amazon.com since you're like me the answer is a lot and since you love chatterbox almost as much Here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. Okay, we're back. Still the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. Our website is chatterboxgameshow.com and our Facebook is slash chatterbox video game radio. Um, I think I rambled a bit there about Project Spark. I... I feel like I don't have a ton to say because I don't have a ton of experience with it yet. It's new. I'll give it some more time, you know, after they've been able to make some updates. But I just, I feel like it was clunky and I'm scared that it's not going to make vast improvements and get out of the sort of box that it's forced in. Um, But But I do like... It's funny that you say what you say about it because isn't the whole, isn't the whole marketing pitch about this all about how... It can, you can make things that are far beyond what they ever intended. And so that, that you cannot be in any box, in other words. Yeah, and people have already done some things that are pretty impressive. But, I mean, think about how many people make, just make games, right? So there's a lot more consumers of games than there are makers of games. As much as we all like to think that we could make a game, right? Very few people step up to the plate and do it. So what they've done is they've made a game, for lack of a better word, that is marketed towards all sorts of people. Uh, but the only ones who are going to do something interesting with it are the ones who really have the gumption to like stick to it and make something great, which, uh, you know, for kids like who go to game design school and want to do something and have the time to really put into it, great, they're going to make something cool. But I can't say that this is a mass market product because it's not something that's easy to actually make something impressive. It might be easy to make a sphere that drops, 
you know, but it's not easy to make something that's interesting. That was my first inclination when I saw their marketing stuff about it because they're like, oh, it's so easy to do this, that, and the other thing. And then, of course, the implication that they give you is that, therefore, it's easy to also make something really substantial and impressive. But, of course, regardless of what kind of tool set you're working with, you have to put in a lot of effort into something to make it really good if it's something creative. But I get the feeling that they are trying to go after the Minecraft market here. Um, Possible. Let, Let me give you an example of some of the interesting stuff I saw. Like, you know, one person made sort of a Flappy Bird clone, which was interesting. Um, one of the the ones that I found most fascinating, and I'm not sure why, but one of the most fascinating ones was where a guy created sort of the the very, very root basics of a Dragon Ball Z game, right? So you have, you know, you're, the character you start off with, you press a certain button and you turn into this, like, Super Saiyan character, and then you can shoot more stuff and you can fly. And it's weird how he created the flying mechanism because I'm sure it's just sort of like an infinite jump of some sort. Um, it, it was just strange. Like I, I, how he was able to take this idea that, I mean, most people, when they started making something, they just recreated stuff that other people made, like Super Mario clones or Tetris or whatever. Um, but he was able to to make that basic, like the character and the flight um, and even some of the animations for it, because you can use the connect to actually put in uh, character animations or, or apply your your motion to a humanoid character in the game. Um, I was I was impressed by that, but again, like it wasn't a game; it was just sort of the basics of a guy being able to fly and shoot some fireballs and stuff. Um, well, you know, we all know that for every actual finished creative endeavor, there are uh, hundreds, if not more totally unfinished things. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's the problem here that I think what they would want to do is, and I don't know what their plans are, but the developers or some sort of group would want to go in there and say, like put sort of a seal of approval, like this is a finalized product, so to speak. You should play this, right? And there is a rating system. People, You can vote on all the ones that you look at. And um, what's interesting is I was reading an article Um, with quotes from one of the developers and he didn't seem to have any problem with the fact that people were initially recreating things from other things like super mario brothers right they were creating the first level of super mario bros yeah i bet they'll totally expect that i mean that's what most most people are going to do yeah well it's definitely expected but remember with little big planet how there were questions about copyright and all that and if the game was allowing people to do stuff they shouldn't be allowed to do and then it's being distributed over sony's network although now it's microsoft's network how did Um, they deal with that anyway um, I feel like they took some stuff down. They they stopped allowing certain things. Um, they would be moderating them. And I, I don't think they've done any of that with Spark yet. I got one last thing I want to say about Spark. Okay. I think it's really interesting because it's novel, the way they've monetized this. Because any other free-to-play monetization style type thing has been, until now, about you getting resources to play the game. You're paying real money to get those things. But here it's different. I mean, you may do that also, but it seems like primarily what you're doing is you're actually paying little bits of money, ostensibly, for more tools to make more stuff with. Yes. Well, there's two parts. There's that, or there's paying to play the things that other people created because you didn't buy the assets that they used. And that um, that's interesting because who gets paid from that? Not the creator. Yeah. At Microsoft. All, right. <laughs> yeah. So that, that seems kind of funny to me because how, how do you feel about making something creative where you know that, uh, the corporation is going to get all the money from it and you'll not, you'll never see any of that. Right. With little big planet, it wasn't monetized at all. So it was like, okay, I'm just doing this for its own sake. But now it's a little more sinister because you know that someone's making money off your stuff. Well, I would argue that little big planet was monetized just differently. Right. So you, I pay up front for the disc and Sony and the publisher and whatever make money from that um, rather than bit by bit. And it's not that like, 
I mean, I guess in, in this way, it's more attributable directly to the content creator uh, because you could you could say, well, Elon played for 14 and a half minutes on this guy's game and that yielded us so many dollars. So you might conceivably say that he is owed some amount of money. But really, you could do the same thing in Little Big Planet as well. It's just that there was an infinite amount of play available to the player rather than a, you know, a pay per minute type of situation. Yeah, but I think that's key because nobody had to pay in Little Big Planet to play somebody's level. They did. Nobody they had, had to pay the $60 up front. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that there's a difference there because you didn't have to pay to specifically play that level. You bought the game. Everybody paid the same price to buy the product to get into it, uh, which is it's very different with this kind of framework we're talking about because everybody is not paying the same price. Some people are paying specifically to pay, play just your level, which Microsoft is profiting purely off of. Yeah. No, I mean, I anticipated this question. I don't have an answer or or even a feeling on it, but um, I knew it would be sort of a sticky situation, right? Allowing me to pay to play someone else's creation is a bit weird. And I don't know if the, the creator even gets stats about how many people played it or not. They definitely have access to stats of ratings and things because that's just public. Um, but I don't know what other information there is. Plus, there's the fact that I could have all the assets, in which case I wouldn't be paying for time to play his game, only if I don't have those assets. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, that muddies the water a little bit more. Yeah, it, it gets even worse. Well, you know, if 100 people played it, but half of them didn't have to pay extra to play your game because they paid extra for us to get access to, say, you know, that particular tree that you used in your world, um, then it, it doesn't matter. What so was also is, cool is... Yeah, let me say one more thing. This is really weird. Now it's getting real complicated because... You, if you've got this, if you've got all the assets, you don't pay extra. But if you don't, then you do. But if you do that, then that's in, like that relationship is incentivizing you to just go ahead and buy the assets. And yeah, but what's what's interesting is it doesn't say you can buy the time or these are the assets you need in order to play this thing. It just says you don't have the assets for this. Oh, okay. So that's. Hmm, I wonder if that's deliberately obfuscated, or. Yeah, well, it's still beta. Who who knows? Maybe later it'll say you can buy all the assets for this for this money, you know. Um, another thing that is interesting to me, oh, I might have just lost it. But something, damn it. There's something about this that I thought was really, oh, yeah. That um, some, there was one guy who created something. It wasn't a game or anything. It was specifically advertised as here are some some completed assets for some Mario Brothers stuff. And the guy had made a Koopa and a Babom. And the Babom actually had the you know, the brain script or whatever to follow you, the character, to run after you and then explode. And when you download someone's level or creation, you have the ability to immediately edit it and then save it as your own. Uh, and I think it creates I think they're working on creating a trail of uh, accreditation of like, you know, certain thing like this level was created from contributions from these five different people so okay. i'm not worried about that trail right now but the fact is i can take anyone's level and just tweak it right now i want to make this thing purple or i want to change how this works expand on the work to make it my own yeah um, that's that's just like little big planet right it's just super open source yeah i i don't remember big planet little big planet enough to know if you could do that or not but you definitely can with this one and so this guy just made some assets so ostensibly you could take those and put them into your own and i i assume that's easier when you're using the windows 8.1 version you could probably just take an object and store it in i don't know some sort of interface that allows you to store objects or something but on the xbox one it's really just you i could take his and then build on it but i don't know if i could take his assets and then assets from someone else's um, I, I didn't play with it enough to see if you could generate this library of your own of objects and scripts and, and brain processes and stuff. But I assume with the computer version you can, uh, just because it'd be weird if you couldn't. But anyway, I'm I'm partly fascinated, partly I don't know, weirded out by the whole world that is Project Spark. And, and like I said, I want to see it in a few months, see what people have done with it, and. Uh, how they've worked on hopefully fixing it from not being uh, just not running poorly on the system. And I'm fascinated when I see this, when I use one of these next gen consoles that's supposed to be amazing and, and fast and have 28 processors in it and it's just still not running well. 
Anyway, that's it. We're going to be right back after the break. back and I promise we're going to get off the subject of Project Spark. Um, I got a few other things on my list here. I don't know if you if you saw this because I'm pretty sure we're all like part of the same friend group on Facebook, you and I, Ara. But, uh, yeah, except I don't check Facebook. That, well, there's that. Yeah. Um, this wasn't on our page, but just on, on my personal Facebook profile. Um, someone that we know, and, and we know a lot of independent developers, right? Someone we know posted about how he got a message from a mobile games website uh, soliciting him for $200 for a positive review of a game that he had released uh, for a mobile platform somewhat recently. Wait, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. Who is... Is somebody asking to pay money or is somebody asking for money? Someone contacted someone that we know and said, hey, if you give me $200, I'll put up a good review of your game on my my mobile or Android games website. Yeah, you know what? This has been going on for quite some time now, actually. Now, we've talked about this several times before, you know, big budget games and how, you know, magazines do this. But this is like little indie developer and – you know, the the way that the world is moving with, you know, all these blogs and like more transparency and stuff, it's um, it doesn't surprise me at all that this happened, but it's surprising me a little bit, you know, because the thread immediately turned into, well, you know, who was it? You know, what website is it that, that did this? And uh, the developer did not want to say, apparently, at least through his reluctance to actually answer the question, I assume that he did not want to answer it. Yeah, because... It. If he says that he's afraid that he's going to get blacklisted, uh, this has been – this is funny. I think that this is a side effect of the uh, – let's see. The the fact that there's so many mobile games, right? This is basically exclusive to the mobile game market and the fact that it's so hard to get noticed that what has happened is that because there's been such an unbelievable deluge of products – and it's so hard to market your things. Things have really just gone topsy-turvy, and there are many, many sites that will basically, they will only review your game if you pay them money. And it is it is simply because there's just way too much product for them to sift through. And actually, I'm not going to say simply, because that would imply that there's nothing else at work here. And obviously what you were getting at, and what I think is the case too, is that this is... This is not a kosher kind of relationship whatsoever. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even, you know, in some cases, you know, pay me to review your game, but I don't promise what the review will be. Obviously, it it, it uh, destroys the relationship by getting paid in the first place. It doesn't even matter wow. what the person says. Well, that's, that's funny because that's almost like where – because we're not promising anything, it's somehow maybe more moral – but on the other hand, it's maybe even more sinister because the the trade you're making is not even uh, is not even the one that's at face value, right? Yeah. Well, that's not what this was. This one was. We'll give you a positive review if you pay us. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm I'm conceiving of the the situation like you described, like paying to review the game doesn't guarantee a positive review. It just guarantees coverage. Um, Although usually it would slant towards positive in order to maintain a future relationship of reviewing more okay, games. Okay, I got what you're right. saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much under the impression that they're all basically – they're going to be positive if they get paid. Yeah, and, and that's probably what would happen. Um, but it's, it's just – here's the thing. Like if – let's say I am one of the consumers of this review website, 
right? I've never heard of the game. And this guy puts up a bad review of it, right? Probably it's not a giant website where, first of all, it wouldn't have been just $200. But, um, you know, the worst that would happen even with a bad review is uh, visibility, right? Visibility in the negative is still better than no visibility at all uh, because at least people have, have heard of it. They're not buying it now. So I, I really don't think it could hurt him to want to talk about this. But uh, that that's the state of things. Well, he's like, just afraid of retribution. That's the thing. But what could the ret- retribution po- you know, be? I, I don't know. That's why well, people are often f- afraid of the unknown, aren't they? Yeah. What I'm saying here is the irony is the developer is so like maybe good-hearted is the wrong word, but just like straight and narrow, like good guy kind of person that – you know, he doesn't want to to make anybody else look bad, even though the person totally deserves to look bad, right? This website deserves to be exposed. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like everybody who engages in that kind of practice should be called out for it, and you should be made aware. That's, I mean, that's that's what visibility is about. Because what's the point of the review if you know that it's been paid for? Uh, exactly. Although this is. This is like the ultimate evolution of the press as nothing more than PR vehicles. Well, it's funny you should say that because my immediate response was, um, I will, I know a podcast that would love to talk about this. Why don't you tell us what the website was? But then what would have happened there is we would just be giving publicity to the crappy website that did this rather than the other way around of that website, you know, talking about his game, which is what we actually want. Yeah, but... Yeah, but unlike you, I I don't always believe that bad press is necessarily also good press. And I think it would be a great service to people to know that such and such website is actually charging for reviews that are ostensibly objective. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I think in the case of just – it's different for a website, something that I would continually consume, go to over and over. If I believe that it it is fake, then I would stop using it. Whereas for him, just getting the name out there is helpful. Uh, so that's why the bad press is good press for him, but not necessarily for the website. But anyway, Fair I just enough. I just wanted to bring that up because it is fascinating to hear a story like that at such a basic and like non-veiled you know, it, it's going on right now. All the things that we've talked about that are supposedly getting better with the advent of, you know, the accessibility of websites and anybody can make a website and there's millions of them now. It just sort of gets, it goes back to the way it was years ago because these people haven't lived through all of the stupidity of how you should not do those things, right? Every new yeah, website you, is another person making bad decisions again. You know what else I think contributed to this? It's... uh you could also look at it as supply and demand. The supply of games to review has become so great that this is one of the side effects. Yeah, definitely. I think that's true. So moving on to my next so, thing. I'm going to tell you about yeah. another game that I played recently. Not Project Spark. One that I actually played quite a bit. Um you know, to be honest, I don't even have that much to say about this, except it relates to another article that I read, which sort of pissed me off from Microsoft. So, is it is it fighting tall? No, I have no idea what you just said. Oh well, I I just mixed up uh, Titanfall. Oh, I made up a new game name. <sighs> okay, so um, how cool would that be? Somebody should make a game called Fight in Tall, like Dive Kick, maybe. I don't know. No, that's what I'm picturing in my mind. Anyway, uh, so PlayStation Plus, I, I think I mentioned last week that Games with Gold, Civilization Revolution was was released on Games with Gold this week. Do, do you remember me talking about that? Oh, how can I forget? Okay, good. But uh, what also released a few days later on PlayStation Plus, uh, totally totally different game, was Dead Nation, which is a twin stick shooter. I think it's actually by the same people who made Rezogun or Rezogun, which is the very first free-to-play game on PlayStation Plus, PlayStation 4. Um, So it seems that these people just keep making twin-stick shooters that are free on PlayStation Plus. But I think they might be like a Sony in-house developer. I I don't know. I I don't keep track of these things. But um, it was actually kind of fun. I enjoyed it. My wife thought it was idiotic, but I enjoyed it. And you can play it multiplayer online, but I have not done that because none of the people on my friends list play this game. 
Um, but the, the point I want to make is that Sony gave me a game on PlayStation Plus that I, I got and liked and, in fact, kept playing all the way through and then kept playing after I had beaten the game. And then we look at games on Games with Gold. Now, I said how wonderful Civilization Revolution is, and I stand by that. It is a great game. If I didn't already have it, I'd be ecstatic about getting it if I knew how good it was. But it can't be denied that that game is something like five years old. And that's what they're giving away free to these people. And the stuff I got, you know, last month I didn't play. I haven't had the urge to play any of the games. I think last month Halo 3 was one of the games, right? You know, you know, it's funny because there's a related story about this that just came out, and I can't help but wonder if you're getting at it or if you don't know about it. No, absolutely. I, I think so because Phil Spencer was talking about games with gold basically sucking. I assume that's the article you're talking about. Yeah, but he was like, you know, it's we're not like those other people. When we give you a game, you get to keep it even if you don't – if you no longer pay for the subscription service, whereas – on uh, PSN or whatever the hell they're calling it these days, you cannot if you if you let your subscription to P- PlayStation Plus expire, all of those products go away. Yeah, well, listen to this. With games with gold, you it's not attached to your user, so it's only attached to whatever machine you downloaded it to, and then it has a license on that machine. But if you delete the game and it's no longer free with games with gold, and it's those games are only on games with gold for fifteen days. Um, so if you delete it at any point, you cannot download it again. I mean, unless without paying for it, right? So it's, yeah, I feel like that that aspect, the uh, the re-download question, has been one that has been thoroughly ignored by uh, everybody. No, on PlayStation Plus, I'm pretty sure you can go back and download games because it's considered oh, okay. purchased. As long as you have your PlayStation Plus active, I'm pretty right. sure you okay, can go so- back. Then I'll then I'll say only Microsoft uh, hasn't bothered with any of yeah. that. Yeah. So so his argument actually their system in my opinion is worse because I there's a likelihood that I will keep PlayStation Plus, especially if they continue to offer good service and good games, right? Uh, so I will download every game even if I don't want it, just so that it's in my library. And uh, with games with gold, they keep giving me crap games like Halo Three. Like you'll you might remember that Halo 4 was somewhat recently released. Last year it came out. But before Halo 4 was not Halo 3. Before Halo 4 was, I think, Halo ODST or something. And then before that was Halo 3. So they're giving us a a game and a series three games ago on Games with Gold. And then other games that just all suck. And and that's that's the point I was making, that Phil Spencer comes out. And it's weird. I posted this on our Facebook. He said stuff, but I have no idea what he actually said. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. We are back again. I think we have this whole this this syncopation thing down. We're gonna be good. Well, as long as we're syncopated and we're not syncophants. <laughs> all right. So I've I've been basically vomiting at the mouth. Uh, all these different things that I wanted to talk about. But uh, but but what do you what do you have on your list? Yeah, I got a couple of interesting things. Let's see what we want to talk about. Oh. Uh, Okay, let's. Uh, I got a Flappy Bird thing, and then I got another thing about um, a game that's totally uh, not monetized in the way that you'd expect on mobile, but t- sold a ton amount, and it's very interesting. Anyway, Flappy Bird. Let's say a couple things. We've covered this in the past, of course. Yeah, I want to hear what you have that's that's actually more more interesting about Flappy Bird. There's. There's been speculation about why the game was removed, and I've heard, and this is nothing but a rumor, so take it for what you will, I've heard that the real reason why the game was removed from the store, of all, wherever it was, the reason why it was removed entirely, 
was not for any of the stated reasons by the developer, nor was it for any of the reasons that I've seen anybody speculate publicly about it. Some of now, the reason being, he said was that he he was worried it was getting addicting for people, and so <laughs> well, he, he pulled it off. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a worry that it was. It was like uh, this is too addicting, so therefore uh, I'm going to remove it. Other people have said, oh, maybe this is some kind of really uh, deep, sinister kind of. I've used that word twice this show. That's two times too many. Um, people have said that, oh, it's maybe it's some kind of marketing ploy, and there's another. He's going to actually make a, a real Flappy Bird game out later. And anyway. All of that stuff are reasons, but they're not very believable reasons for obvious reasons. A reason that the way all this went down that is consistent with everything that's happened is that, and here's the rumor, the reason why the game was pulled was because the individual who developed it somehow devised a method for artificially bumping it up in all of the charts that was... He's basically done something very illegal. And he was afraid that it would, he would get discovered and his methods would be discovered. And so considering that, at least ostensibly, it's been reported he was making around $50,000 a day, if you do that every day for a few weeks and if you have done something highly illegal in order to get all that stuff. The first thing you'd think of, because it's the first thing I'd think of if I was in that spot, was let's just shut this all down now before somebody finds me out. Uh, yeah, that actually, that sounds pretty good. And the, the best part now is that he could release anything and it would get a lot of attention because it would just be like, hey, this is the next game by this, this win guy. Uh, yeah, I I guess. I mean, that, that part still stands. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So we're just going to do, like, uh, machine gun style here, okay? Okay. Unless you want to say something more. Anyway, another thing that was announced, I think, or, or leaked or whatever. Leaks are announcements these days anyway, whatever. Uh, we found this out last week. So Microsoft's analog to Siri, right, their uh, digital assistant for their Windows phone, has been revealed to actually be the character Cortana, which is from Halo. What's weird is I've known this for months. This okay. was already this was being discussed for a long time. All right, so maybe it was months ago and not last week. It got some extra coverage last week. I think that's because there was the first demo of it or something. <laughs> yeah. But it had been discussed that it was going to happen. Now, this is really interesting to me. At face value, it, there's, there's nothing uh, of particular depth here, but consider this. I've always found it really weird to – well, let me just put it this way. I have no use for a synthetic voice to communicate with. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about Siri and stuff like that because I know you have the eye things. But even though I don't have them, if I had them, I, I just – I don't care. I don't care to have some kind of anthropomorphic voice guiding me through things. I don't like voice interfaces. I would just rather press buttons. But this is now different and I feel like Microsoft has uncovered – an angle here to market this thing a lot more effectively, uh, especially for curmudgeons like myself, because now, since I'm fully a curmudgeon, I don't care about Cortana either, but I can't, I can't help but notice Cortana is a character that a lot of people are interested in and they like. And so the prospect of playing, uh, you know, interfacing with a character that you know of already and you like and you think is cool, that actually brings for the random, especially gamer type person, a lot of value to trying out an interface and using it versus some some non-interesting character like Siri. Um, yeah, I see that. And, and to get back to what you were saying before, I do appreciate Siri very much. In fact, I used her today, and it was awesome. Um, but uh, it would be more neat if it was a character that I could relate to already. Um, but 
honestly, Windows Phone isn't going to be using it in the way that I originally anticipated. It's not like a picture of Cortana and her talking or anything. It's just a circle or a halo, right. you might say. But, but it'll have her voice, right? I, I think it's using her voice and the name is Cortana as yeah. opposed to Siri. I think that that's just – that is in and of itself enough to – I think that Microsoft has made a genius marketing move with this, and I'm really impressed because normally Microsoft's idea of genius marketing is spend more money marketing than anyone ever has. Um, yeah, I, I had never thought about it the way the way you are now. Like, I didn't. I just thought it was neat, but I guess me thinking it's neat is enough of a driver, um, you know, to give you somewhat of a competitive advantage. Unfortunately, Windows will never actually have much of a market share but you know what you know. okay i have a prediction to make here if cortana does become successful and does start becoming actually competitive with siri uh in terms of like i don't know mind space or whatever you want to call it i think apple's going to look for a character to license to be a alternative to siri they'll have no choice if it takes off um, well, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a situation that will never actually come to be. So it's not we're never going to be able to see that happen. But yeah. at this point, I think Siri is enough of its its own personality. Like Siri has had, you know, th- like the Big Bang Theory. Are you familiar with this show, this television show? Familiar enough. OK, it's like was or is still the most popular show on TV or something. And it's a good show. Right. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show. Watch uh, that one. My dad and loves it, that show. Yeah, Siri had like a major part in one of the episodes. Like it, it, it was a major part of of one of the shows where like one of the main characters like fell in love with Siri, and um, yeah, so it was kind of a big deal. And that's that's an example of Siri finding her way into pop culture already. So she now is her own entity with you know pop culture recognition and all that, just like Cortana is. And and I would argue that actually Siri has a much uh, wider mind share. Yeah, well, um, I didn't. Then, I didn't know Cortana. they did that. So that's um, so kudos to Apple marketing too, I guess. Yeah, they've they've just done a good job. Um, Cortana really, most people won't know what it is, but the few people like us will, and maybe it'll turn us onto it. But now, I'm not anyone to tell you that Windows Phone is bad. By the way, I don't know if any of our listeners here have thought about getting it. If I didn't have an iPhone, I'd have a Windows Phone. It's actually, um, I think it's the next best option. But that's that's totally a separate issue. Uh, unfortunately, I think they will just never get the ground needed. But, you know, who cares? iPhone all the way. Um, <clears throat> the more interesting point about that is that Microsoft just – the being a major company, it has taken something from its its video game properties and was willing to sort of – take a leap of faith using a video game character in something that is not at all video games. Uh, obviously, there's a, it's a very direct connection, right? Like the character Cortana was sort of a digital personal assistant to the character in a video game, so it makes sense to make that leap. Yep. But it's interesting that they're willing to do that. They're willing to take something from video games and put it somewhere different and create, you know, sort of this, this ecosystem or, you know, put, put some credence behind or, or give some value to something that traditionally you know 20 years ago you would just never see this happen you'd never see anything video game related make its way into any other part of the world right just because that's not how things how we roll well game, people games aren't it. for just nerds anymore yeah well cortana is uh, okay. anyway yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know if halo has mass market appeal fair enough um i got one last thing and i think it's maybe about all we have time for yeah, I, I was debating to start whether or not I should start talking about the Street Fighter movie because I saw a really good article on that today. But but go ahead. Uh, yeah, let's save that for next time. So, have there's a there's this game called The Room, okay, and it's on mobile, and something really interesting has happened because this game is not monetized in any of the ways that everybody says you have to monetize in order to be successful. It's not free to play. It just costs – well, there's two of them, I guess. Uh, the first one costs a dollar and the second one costs $3. And a few days ago, it was just announced that the company who makes that game has sold 5.4 million units 
over the past 14 months. And I'm going to read you a quote about how they did it. They said, this happened all without Fireproof, that's the developer, spending any money on marketing or PR or analysts or analytics. And the main guy basically goes on to say, we had, this was our first mobile game. We had no experience in this space. We made it up as we went along. A game, the game isn't delivered as a service. And it was strictly by sheer word of mouth, they've made millions and millions and millions. And this is such an, anlo- an anlo- anomaly. It's so interesting to me because however good this game could be or is, there's lots of other great games that are monetized like this. In other words, conventionally, that haven't done this well. So once again, everything is just getting more and more mixed up about what's the right way to go as far as how do you structure your game. All right, and looks like we're out of time again. So that's it for Chatterbox. We'll see you next week. Whoops, awkward ending when Skype fails. listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us